The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Hulu. Happy holidays, one and all. Hope your Christmas was great. It's time to talk Bears with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. We're at PNC Studios at Hallis Hall getting you set for the regular season finale. Tom, can you believe it? It's the regular season finale. At one point, it felt like it was going in slow motion a little bit, a very long training camp, and then you whip through a, a big chunk of the season, and the Bears are in first place, and now you're starting to think playoffs. At least you and I are. They're not. They were told not to. Then they clinched the division, big game against Minnesota week 11, and here we are with a rematch and trying to get a number two seed in the NFC in the playoff picture, hoping for a 49er upset of the Rams and a win by the Bears in Minnesota. How, how are you taking stock of this whole thing? That's uh, sad and happy. You know, I'm, 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 <laughs> my, my whole family included, even my mom and dad in their 80s, are always so sad when football season starts to end. The college season, the high school, and especially yeah. professional football because it, it is such a, a reason for for all of us to get together. But I'm also excited about the Bears and what they're able to accomplish since those days in training camp throughout the regular season, throughout training camp of the regular season. And even training camp, we weren't exposed to a lot because the starters really didn't play a lot. So we didn't couldn't put expectations to the season. The only expectation is you had that they were going to play Green Bay week one. And then when you look at it, how the continuous development of this football team throughout the regular season that's what kind of makes you happy and sad all, th- all at the same time. You're happy to see the playoffs coming and the Bears are a part of it, but you're sad when you see the conclusion. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel because as people who love football, that's not what we want to see. And we're certainly excited about the approach Matt Nagy's taking about this game. Going there to win, no matter what. Whoever plays, how long, how it's all going to work out with the Rams game going on at the same time, there'll be a little bit of scoreboard of watching and whatnot. They have a plan. They have a process, he says. But I think it's vitally important to have these guys understand it will be a playoff atmosphere. Minnesota has to win to go to the playoffs. They, they are going to be revved up. And the worst thing you can do as a player, I'd imagine, since you played and I didn't, is that you go in there thinking, eh, we're going to take it a little easy. Maybe now don't have that playoff edge. You'll get hit in the mouth and get hurt, number one. Right. Listen, I don't want anybody raising their hand looking to get out of the game. If you're going to sign up for the game and you're going to take your equipment to Minnesota, then be ready to play the whole game. This will be by far, by far the most hostile environment they play in this season. Yeah, it's going to come in the last regular season game. Um, I think the Bears have been in some environments that they've been able to work on their communication ability in the loudest of environments. But the vengefulness that Minnesota fan base is going to feel during the course of this game, not only to get themselves into the playoffs, beat the Bears for what they did to them on Sunday night a couple weeks ago, show them that the way they were respected before the start of the season, thinking Minnesota could be the best team in the division, they want to reclaim all that. Um, But there's no better atmosphere for the Bears to go in, win this football game, get a bye week and try to get an ups, upgrade in their division seating. Tough team, tough scenario, tough stadium indeed. Uh, that Viking defense, uh, every bit as good as any defense in the league right now. Uh, Brian Witzman, the Bears starting right guard, will join us in the program here tonight. Joining us as well as Paul's Wrangler engineer and Jordan Treadup is our, uh, what is he? He's Set our up producer, man. Our setup man, our producer, <laughs> yes, our director, our boss today. Anyway, uh, this Viking team, 
how different is it, in your opinion, after watching tape from the team that the Bears beat in Soldier Field 25-20, overcoming three turnovers in that game? Vikings also committed three turnovers. And, and what they are now with a new play caller and a new, or maybe I should say, what Mike Zimmer wanted as the mindset. He didn't, we don't want that team running 14 times like they did against the Bears in the Week 11 game. He you wants know, to run it a lot more. The anticipation of what the coach is going to say to a team every Monday morning after they play Sunday and evaluates the team, uh, evaluates the film is always a little scary. But there's nothing like when they fire a coach in mid-stride during the football season. They've already lost the, the offensive line coach before the season started. But then when you fire a coach mid-season, that makes you sit up in your chair. That makes you take um, kind of recount for what you, you have been doing as a player, what your requirements are. Are they good enough? And then you have the change in philosophy. And it's, it's a philosophy that has to be ingrained in an offense's head when you're going, okay, we're going to start running the ball. It's not going to be a pass-blocking offensive lineman first. We are going to stay in our stance. We are going to be in our stance. We're going to give you the snap count, and we are going to run the ball behind you. I think 40 times the first time, 28 yep, runs last week. 68 for 320, something yeah. like that. But from watching it, what's Kevin Stefanski, who's the offensive coordinator, has been there since 06 and a highly respected coach in this league. Some have even penciled him in even before this promotion as a potential head coaching candidate down the road. He's one of these young guns, 37 years of age, Philadelphia born and raised, tough guy, uh, and, and has been around, again, that Vikings organization a long time, starting with the Eagles and Brad Childress. What do you see on tape that looks different than week 11? Anything? You know, Dalvin Cook is a little bit more assured of himself. You know, when you come back and you're a young football player in the NFL, you're recovering from an injury, you always got to kind of work yourself through and make sure everything lines up perfectly. And I, I think when you do make the commitment to the run, your formations are different. The use of big bodies near the, near the football. The way your quarterback... Um, what he has to do in order for the team to succeed, now it's not on his back. It's on the shoulders of five offensive linemen plus a couple tight ends and anybody who blocks for the running back. And sometimes that's relief for a quarterback because as much as you want to talk about Kirk Cousins and financially the deal he got, he's still in the same position as Mitchell Trubisky. He's learning a new system. He's learning new terminology. He's learning new, new teammates. And he's been doing a great job of developing their receivers and such, but... Like I said, when you change the philosophy of your football team mid-stride and you say, look, we're, this is no longer 35 to 40 passes a game, I'm looking to come in here with 30 runs a game. But if the Bears jump start quickly, go up two scores against the number two rushing defense in the NFL, which the Bears are not even allowing 83 yards a game, 81-1, I mean – you know, a little bit of that is banging your head against the wall. I don't. I don't know. Stop the run. Dalvin Cook, Jeff, has got big play capabilities. This is not. This is not a um, a running back that is gonna get you 3.4 yards a clip for 40 carries. I mean, he could bang off a 75 yarder at the drop of a hat. So when you have those capabilities, I don't think even though if you got a 14-point lead against the Bears, I don't think you would ignore it. All right, well, we're going to talk a lot about this and about the Bears' defense in general and the ability to jump on teams and the offense setting the stage with some leads. Bears are the only team in the league that has led in every single second-half game. They have some insane numbers when you talk about limiting teams to touchdowns and just shutting out teams, period. Uh, an amazing number. 43 quarters this season without allowing a touchdown this season. Are you kidding me? 
Well, you, you know, if you're successful on first down and then you open up the opportunity to rush the passer and what you do well and what you maybe you have a perceived vulnerability of your opponent in those situations, those down and distances, it gives a chance. The Bears, they're very versatile up front. They can put their pass rushers against anybody out there, and I think that makes it difficult for an offensive coordinator to devise a perfect game plan and pass blocking for the Bears. All right, we're going to take our first break here on Bears All Access. When we come back, we'll be joined by offensive lineman Brian Witzman. Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. We're at Hallis Hall at PNC Studios. Jeff Joniak and Tom there. Good to have you with us and good to be joined by Brian Witzman, the big right guard for the Chicago Bears. How you doing, my friend? Doing great. Making doing great. your radio debut. Listen to the pipes. I know. It's like God talking right here. You know, it's funny, you know, right myself a right guard, and then right I look guard, at right then I look at Brian walk in the room oh, yeah. and you say, what's what's changed about the game? And when I look at Brian, I look at his length and I look at the way he uses all of his assets there's so much difference between all right, my your, your plan. What were your vitals? Well, if the, you got to give me your vitals. Well, all right. So I went to the combine. I'm I measured at six three and three quarters. How much? Um, you know, I played as much as two ninety. You know. Uh, do you remember your arm length? Because no. it always aggravates him. He doesn't <laughs> like when I always bring up an offensive lineman's arm length. That doesn't matter. But you know, scouts hammer that. Now, now, what are your vitals? Um, six seven and three eighths and uh, three fifteen. <laughs> But, I don't remember the arm length though. <laughs> but so this is this is what confuses me about. Oh, say so I feel if I was six five, I would have been drafted. I was a fourth round draft choice. I thought oh, I'm going to be higher draft choice. But then you're six seven. You start forty nine games. Every one of your games in college, what the heck happened? You're you're an undrafted free agent, which I admire even more because of what you've been able to accomplish. But what the hell are they evaluating? I mean, uh, you're a small school guy. Uh, they look at the competition. You didn't you didn't play the the, the big level guys in, in that high division one. Um, but yeah, I I, I didn't uh, care what they thought. I I just knew I'd, I'd get you. an opportunity in, in training camp and go from there. By the way, like, by the way, thirty three inch arms. Okay. I just right. looked it up. <laughs> you know what? I I, I I hate that. I hate that measurement. So you you spent a lot of time in college at offensive tackle, right? Yes. So when you were making the transition inside, was it because of a need of the team that you were trying out for, or did they feel that your skills fit fit better inside? Yeah. So the first two years, I was strictly tackle uh, uh, with my first three teams, and then um, finally. When uh, Kansas City signed me, uh, they they tried me out a little bit at guard, and then that second year, uh, training or in uh, off season, they they hopped me in at guard, and yeah, I mean it's definitely a transition, uh, a lot more uh, uh, isolated, smaller movements, but uh, you feel no, more I, secure because you got guys I, to your right and your left. Of you. No, I I like it. Yeah. I like it, uh, and obviously I've uh, been able to start some games there, so um, yeah. No, I, I I enjoy guard, and I I, I mean I, I like tackle, but I, I enjoy them both. And my junior year in college, I played a whole season at left tackle, so you kind of get that lonely feeling out there when you got knowing that you can touch to the left of you. But now you're the guy. You come here within a week later, you're starting. You go to the line of scrimmage, and you're also the igniter for the center to know that the quarterback's ready. Man, that's a lot of information filtering through your head in a 40-second span and still know the snap count and understand the timing of what is that being asked of you. How difficult is that? I mean, uh, I, I guess it there, it was a somewhat easier transition with Nagy, uh, a lot of familiarity. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you get here and you, you got to 
know the stuff right away and uh, you just dive into stuff and dive into your playbook and and uh, don't have much time for anything else. Yeah, and by the way, when when Tom refers to the igniter, when you see the uh, the right guard hitting the the uh, left hip or the, the rear end of the center, it's time to go. It's right. time to get, right. trying to get that snap going. Did you guys do any of that no, stuff? That, and when did that start? And why does that happen? It probably started since you've been in the NFL. Yeah. I would think because they, they had a lot of different things they tried. But then now the fact that they have a, a, a first of all, they have to have an offensive lineman that has an experience that can maintain everything that's required of them before and still get a tempo that the, the defense can't like, you know, completely count on every play. Yeah, um, in, in Kansas City, we just did the center, but I think uh, with the center being kind of the, the quarterback of the offensive line, he has to see everything, so it's it's important that he's up and looking around. So uh, here it's it's good that with the guard. Um, yeah. The, yeah, igniting the quarterback. Right. Brian Witzman, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Why South Dakota? Um, a, a mix of uh, academics and athletics. Uh, was looking for a civil engineering college, and uh, they happened to offer me a scholarship, so it, it was the best of both worlds. Oh, you went the easy route, just civil engineering, <laughs> right? Well, how about that? Engineering students, I got a ton of respect for. Ton of respect. Difficult. And he won your co like a, a conference award, uh, an academic award. Didn't you? I, I, I was reading up about it. Oh, uh, yeah. I was, I was an academic all-conference or uh, whatever that, that list is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, engineering is definitely a, a challenging uh, regiment during college, and you really had to balance things and uh, time manage, and it really uh, – I, I get yeah. Any, it's, po it's, so, any post career interest in that? Uh, yeah, uh, post career interest in that and a few other things. Um, yeah. I, it, I did a uh, – Externship at uh, Capitol Hill this off season, right. this past off season. I brought so. that. I saw that uh, it, it kind of slipped under the radar, but I, I, I found out about it. I brought it up to you in the locker room a couple weeks ago. Uh, explain to everybody what that was like and where does your political interests uh, drive you to do something like that? Uh, yeah, I, I just always kind of been interested in uh, politics and policy and everything, and uh, saw that there was an opportunity through the NFL Players Association to do that, and uh, I, I just leapt at it. Uh, I was able to. Uh, kind of intern with uh, Robin Kelly out of uh, Illinois, representative, and uh, yeah, just day-to-day -day stuff. Got to see what what uh, life in D.C. is about and and how uh, how our federal government really runs. Uh, just very interesting. Is there any similarities in your college education to that, or is there anything that you know the, your education can help you to gain more interest in a political opportunity or not a opportunity, just a whatever you're searching for? I mean, I'd say college-wise with civil engineering, I mean, that that uh, really just the, the stress and the, the, the rigor of that kind of puts you uh, forward in, in any uh, – if, if you go in something else too. But uh, politics-wise, yeah, I, I mean, I could see myself possibly uh, uh, being a staffer in D.C. and then possibly going from there, so – I bet you learned a lot that you can't share, but it is a crazy place, isn't that? Yeah, and actually, a, a cr quick crazy story. Uh, we, there's a uh, former Redskins old lineman uh, is is in uh, Paul Ryan's office, and he was able to get us into the White House. And while we were doing a private tour of the White House, there was a, uh, a lady ran a car into the barrier outside the White House, so the White House went on lockdown when we were in there. 
And we're like, has this happened before? And they're like, no, this has not happened before. Like in their time. And <laughs> oh my! So we all ran, like we all rushed outside of the Situation Room, and it was it was pretty intense. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, so. you know, we we had an opportunity to go there a lot many years after we won the Super Bowl, um, and that was our opportunity to go in there and look at the White House and just an amazing place and. You know, having an opportunity to walk through there just because we won a Super Bowl championship, it, it was pretty amazing, going through the grounds and inside the facility mm-hmm. and what it what it means to the to us. Right, and just looking at uh, a painting from there, just the history behind it, and, and I mean everything in there is just uh, very historic and just part of our country's heritage. So, and Brian Witzman, our guest here on Bears All Access from Chicago Sports Radio 670, the Score. Lots to break down as the Bears gear up for the playoff. Before we head to a break here, and just the the idea of being a six seven guy playing card. What are the inherent difficulties of being that tall? Yeah, uh, playing inside. Inside, it's all about leverage. So uh, there's definitely difficulties going against those those bigger, kind of more compact guys that are shorter and stubbier. I mean, because you got to get leverage below them, and uh, leverage always wins down there. So uh, there's there's definitely challenges, but uh, I, I guess my length can definitely uh, make up for that some of that stuff, and you just really got to concentrate on uh, lowering lowering your pads and uh, getting down there because definitely different than a than a six three guard possibly. Well, yeah, I mean, well, playing against you know a couple of years ago, I mean, a couple of weeks ago against Aaron Donald and the speed that he has and right. his small frame. But you know what, you guys, you and Cody, you and Bobby, you guys work really well together, and it seems like you know when you talk about fits on defenses fits for offensive line play is equally as important. So it kind of helps you get a chance to get, you know, get your usable leverage and your usable strength. But you're also quick enough to get your hands on the defender before they can ever touch you, which right. is so defeating, deflating to a defensive lineman. And did you play defensive lineman in high school a little? Um, I, I did. I was did I was uh, a uh... – all state honorable mention DN. Nice. So, Any mental yeah. recall about when you are fate, like what you'd be thinking in an instant? I mean, we were, I was just uh, going against a bunch of little guys in a small town. <laughs> that wasn't even Wisconsin, fair, was so <laughs> Look at the grin. I know. Well, I mean, you, you buried know. people, didn't you? It's a good thing you're a nice guy, but you have a little nasty to you, too. You yeah. finish. You're a finisher, yeah. as they like to no, say. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a side of me off the field, and I think there's a side of me on the field, and they're uh, completely different. Yeah, so. we'll talk more about that when we come back here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Escape the cold and head to the Rio Palace Costa Mujeres in Cancun with your favorite Bears players, including Prince Amukamara, Roquan Smith, and Cody Whitehair, plus Inside the Bears hosts, Lauren Screeden and Anthony Adams. Visit applevacations.com slash bears to book today. Bears meet the Vikings in Minnesota coming up on Sunday. You can hear the game on uh, Chicago's uh, home of the Bears. It is News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM. We'll start our pregame at noon, kickoff at 3:25, and uh, having as many guys with playoff experience like you had last year in Kansas City. Brian Witzman, our guest here on Bears All Access with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Is so valuable because Tom and I, you know, obviously been doing this a long time, and we talk to these guys, and they really are sometimes stunned at what the playoff intensity is like. And there will be a playoff atmosphere in Minnesota on Sunday. There is no doubt about it. So if you haven't experienced playoff football like you have, you do realize that it does ratchet up to a whole different level. Can you be one of those guys that explain to players, hey, listen, you may have heard about this. It may sound like a cliche, but it is reality. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely uh, increased intensity, but at the same time, you can't let that uh, get in your head and 
and to distract you from the task at hand. Uh, obviously, uh, it's it's one and done for every game in the playoffs. But uh, no, I I think you just gotta uh, obviously up your intensity and and try to do that more and more. But uh, as as the week goes on, you, you just do your same routine for the most part. When, so. so have you been on both sidelines here as a member of the Minnesota and a, and a member of the, another team here in the new stadium? Uh, yeah. Uh, I was obviously with Minnesota right. earlier this season. So, I mean, I, I had a home game there. and Well, um, that's, that's kind of my leading up to my question is because you've had an experience of practice against those guys. Plus, you've been on the offensive side of it when it's nice and quiet in there. But now you're going to the extreme other side of it because it's as loud – as you can possibly get. Did you ever sit there when your defense was on the field thinking, oh, my God, how can an offense of an opponent even communicate in this? Or have you had enough experience communicating with crowd noise at practice and at games and stuff that it's just kind of an, another thing that you deal with? I mean, actually, the, the one home game I had there was uh, the Bills when they played them, and they the Bills got off to an early pretty big lead. So right, right. It, I, I didn't really experience that full experience uh, I guess uh, the noise factor there, but I mean, even going back to college, we played at North Dakota State in the Fargo Dome, and that 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 place is uh, filled with with noise and in uh, an environment. And I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, obviously in Kansas City, it, it was it was loud. Right. Uh, that ground um, shook there, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's loud, but uh, yeah, I mean, you when it when it's loud, you just uh, kind of. Uh, focus on your uh, man ahead of you, and I mean everything else kind of just uh, filters out. You know, with Matt's offense, are you you're rarely blocking the man ahead of you. I've never seen more assignment changes amongst a group of all the blockers, including Michael Burton and Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen and the tight ends and everything. You know, you there there's a good chance that you'll you'll block uh, you know eight of the eleven guys on on. Their defense at some time, whether you're pulling on a screen or trapping or whatever you got to do. Yeah, um, I mean Nagy is. Uh, I, I I I don't know how his mind works. I, I'll I'll never <laughs> be a. I don't think I'll ever get to that where I, I'm a coach like that. But I mean it's it's crazy how he uh, how he works and how he uh, goes goes through the offense and uh, and just puts us in a great situation to to win every week. Did he carry himself the same way as an OC? And uh, offensive assistant in KC as he does as the head coach. I mean, I mean, it's it's uh it's it's so similar. It's it's uh when I got here, it was just such familiarity. Um, and and it, it's it's great to see uh guys like that don't change and and stay the same person they are when when uh they they get elevated to that head coach. He just simply inspires belief, doesn't he? As yeah. as a coach to players. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I don't think I've had a head coach that have really wanted to to just do right for uh as much as him so right i you know what i was talking to jordan before i talked to four different people today then they all wanted me to ask brian that same question about the matt Nagy because you know those of us that never never knew him never knew um you know to listen to him one week for the podium and how it came true one week and just everything that we've learned you know it's been a great experience for us to be able to learn about him yeah uh, I'll say this when I, when I was in Kansas city and, and he headed to Chicago, I mean, that was, that was definitely like a, a, a disappointment yeah. that we weren't going to have him right. anymore. So, I mean, to be reunited was great. Right. So big smile on the face of Brian Witzman is his bears get ready to meet the Vikings and head to the playoffs. 
in uh, short order here as we take a break here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. You can help deserving families by donating a winter coat for the Chicago Bears Jewel Osco Coat Drive at participating Jewel Osco locations now through February 1st. Donations benefit the Salvation Army. Here on Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy at Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're bringing you this uh, from PNC Studios at Hallis Hall. You run into Thayer down in the city at all? You know, because he does live in the Well, well we, just, we just talked about Get him on the lake, do some Paddleboard. We will during the off season. You know, I mean, it's a great community. That's why so many players stay in the Chicagoland area because they're they love their communities. They play in. They grow up in. Essentially, when they get a chance to stay here, and it's a great supporting community. To you know, everybody. you're not far from Wisconsin, so you go up and get your outdoor stuff in. Right, right. You're an outdoorsman, right? A um, little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't like a big hunter growing up, but I, de- I definitely fished quite a bit. Uh, Northern Minnesota, there's an area called Boundary Waters. Uh, oh, yeah. I went up there probably five times growing up. So Best thing you ever caught? Um, What are you most proud of? You got a fish size story? Size-wise? Sure. You know, I mean, one, one that's going to it's gonna be a tail. It'll grow you know, I, long I mean, and long. I mean, you, you can never go wrong when you caught a walleye up there. Just And, and, <laughs> and everything tastes better because you're literally out, out in the middle of nowhere, no cell phone reception. You, uh, we, we ship in steaks the first night, so you're just in the woods just – Grilling the steak up, and it, I mean, it might be the the worst steak at the grocery store, and it tastes like a, <laughs> tastes like wagyu. So, you ever doing something like that? I, I, I don't been, think you'd have the patience. You know, when when we were little kids, my dad and uh, my dad, myself, and my brother, and another guy he worked with, and his two sons, we went up to Canada, hitched up two canoes, and then paddled back into the Boundary Waters and camped out for a couple weeks. It was awesome. It was one of the greatest experiences and you know it's different you know i i would like to do that but i like saltwater experiences yes he does like the the surfer the surfer that he (laughs) is uh with that you know that's that's your downtime and trying to get yourself right mentally what do you do during the season to get yourself right mentally um anything i mean mentally uh a lot a lot of uh chill music i guess uh i meditate a little bit um you and leno yeah yeah uh i mean uh Anything that can get you uh, more relaxed, more focused, is is something I want to do. So when so. do you do the meditation, and what, what does that entail? I've certainly, I've never done that. I probably could use it a you time or two. You couldn't do it. <laughs> you couldn't do it. <laughs> right, Jordan Treadup shaking his head. Paul's ranks. I'm a Type A. I'm a, I'm high right. intensity. But right. what, what does it do for you? How do you go about it? Doing it? And when do you do it? Um, I I do it uh, before I go to bed. Just I mean, it helps sleep better. Uh, just kind of. Uh, decompressed from uh, from the day of football and everything. Um, I mean, you just put on some uh, very relaxing music and just kind of uh, get in your head and just uh, just let let things clear. So you know, like you and and the last year of my career, midway point, I went from the Bears to the Miami Dolphins, and then you require man, you got to study, you got to learn, you got to know the, you cannot have mental errors and all that stuff. Said you came here, you started playing immediately. Was it because of your association of Matt Nagy system or because of the technology they have today with the tablet and you can have that stuff in front of your face 24 hours a day? What was your biggest route to playing quick, the quickest? Um, I mean, uh, a lot of – obviously, Nagy took his system, and uh, I, I, I'd been a part of that, so I, I, I knew some things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you just, you just got to uh, put your head in there. I mean, a lot of it is – Technique wise, coaching staff uh, are as an old lineman, uh, your your all line coach, uh, they're all going to differ a little bit in technique, and really just had to hone in on that. 
but uh yeah in general uh we, we have our ipad we have everything so we have it have it all in front of us so when we're home i mean you, you just got to bury your head in it so when i during my career when i we go from one team to the next we have a paper playbook and we sit there and look at pictures and diagrams and explain what your assignment is according to the stick figure that's wrong now you have the access to the actual movement of the play while you're learning it does that help you learn it quicker at, with this technology, something that we weren't exposed to during our day with the technology? Um, I mean, I think technology can help, but, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you're gonna, just going to be burying your head and, and learning the concepts and everything. And I think the those paper sheets that, that show you the assignment and everything are never going to uh, grow old right. or anything. Uh it, that's always going to be uh, part of football. Plus, everybody does learn differently. Right. Some mm-hmm. people can't take it from the classroom to the playing field, but they could ace that test in the classroom, much like any any walk of life. Or that you guys, you know, may not love that classroom where they just they're they're just not dialing in, and they have to actually physically run through the play. So that being said, when you played, you played at a very high level, clearly, with a great offensive line. How much better would you guys have been with the iPad? I, I think I think the instantaneous viewing of it on the sideline, either still shots or because you got to remember when we were there, they would take picture Polaroids from up in the press box, stick them to a sheet of paper, run them down to the sideline on a fishing wire, and then that's how you would look at it. And now you'd hope that they would take him within succession so you could see, okay, did I miss with my hands? Did I take a bad step here? Did I get my head down? Nowadays, the instantaneous, perfect look at what you just did can be so helpful. So, so do you so answer the question? Do you think you would have been a better player? We would have been a better offensive line because offensive line is not about being a player. An offensive line is about being players together. And I don't think a still shot is going to make me play better, but I a see. still shot or a moving shot, okay, me and Brian, hey, Brian, i got to come to you a little bit more. Just hang with me because this linebacker is not flowing so quick. So there's elements about the game that you could talk about that could help you improve from if you run this play in the first series and you want to run it again in the third series, you can be better by that third series. Right, and I think uh, it goes back to if, if uh, let's say, the left side gets a look that uh, that we haven't gotten yet. And, I mean, you look at the you look at the iPad and, and you see that clearly and, and how they did that. Uh, it's just that much quicker for adjustments when, when we get that look as well. Right. You know, looking at the Minnesota game from a few weeks back, you kind of look at – you know, what did they do against Bobby Massey? What did they do against Charles Leno? And they used the guys, you know, on both sides. So it's not like Bobby Massey can only block one guy the whole time. They're going to, like I said, this offense, they're going to have to block everybody. They run a line stunt against Brian and Bobby or Brian and Cody. They're going to have to switch off perfectly. Are there a lot more stunts in games today in the league than when you played, and has it increased since the time you've gotten in the league from defenses? I think they play a lot more defensive fronts now with, and a lot more blitzing component to it, whether you're using Roquan or, or someone else. So I, I think there's more multiple fronts um, that you, you can use, that they do use today. Um, I, I think it depends on, obviously, the game situations. So, I mean, if if uh, you get after a lead early and you're nursing that the whole game, they're not going to really have those situations. And obviously, by team by team basis, they're 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 different with that as well. But uh, it must be fun playing on the lead all the time because you guys have for the most part this season, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> in control. Yeah, that's been um, a big reason, and, and it's been that it was that way in Kansas City. Yeah, 
Um, there, there's uh, definitely a uh, uh, you, you want to keep that momentum. You want to, and I mean, it's fun to be able to uh, uh, get that lead and then uh, rely on our uh, great backs we have to to maintain it. So obviously, Kyle Long got hurt that enabled you to move into the mix here at guard, and you know he is on his way back. Don't know at the time of this show that uh, what his status is going to be, but how do you deal with that as a as a competitor at number one and B as a guy that you know you've had that starting job in the last seven weeks? Right. I mean, uh, Kyle's been been great with me. Uh, just uh, he's obviously it's it's tough when you're away when you're watching film and you're not doing anything, but uh, he, he's been a great leader, and I know what he means to this team, and I know what he's meant to this team for years. So uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I, it, obviously I, it's it's been great to be uh, be in and. Um, but if, if we can get a guy back like that and, uh, who can make, uh, who can also make a difference, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, so much is discussed and written and, and even, uh, this week, a lot of discussion about the selflessness of this team. Uh, you're on the inside, you're in that locker room. Uh, it's a team that now you're just becoming much more familiar with than you did early in the season, being on another roster and so forth. Do you see that? Do you, do you understand what, why it's working that way? Right. Um, I, I think I've been on teams where there are, there are those like two or three guys in the locker room that kind of uh, uh, they're they're kind of selfish. They they uh, they're about themselves, and and you really don't see anyone on the on the team like that. Everyone uh, bought into what what Nagy brought in, and uh, it's just great to be a part of. How are you? You know, for you know, you you live an itinerary life when you are a football player. How's this flexing been for you? Did you like the t- move of the two games that would have been noon starts tonight in this game that you win a game, you're a popular football team, so they want to capitalize on your popularity by that mid-start. Are you okay, or would you like to say, okay, noon, 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 let's let's get it done? Uh, no, I, I, I enjoy uh, kind of that atmosphere. Uh, you kind of soak it in, having the Monday night games, and, I mean, that that's fun to be a part of. Right. Uh, you just kind of embrace it and um, – Obviously, you don't approach it any, any different, but uh, you're kind of able to ease into it during that day and kind of uh, instead of waking up and going right away, I, I, I kind of like being able to kind of uh, lead into it a little bit more. Right. And, now, if you play a night game, do you like watching other NFL games during the day or do you kind of like keep to yourself and just I, worry about what you do? I keep to myself mostly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As simple as that. Well, no, because yep. I don't. I always, I if we had a Monday night game or a Sunday night game, I used to like watching the games um, during the day because you're kind of watching what you're about to do, and it's if it's doable for them, then it then then I can do it at that at that level or better. So it was kind of more like just watching what someone else is doing that you're gonna do. That's Tom Thayer, Brian Witzman, Bears guard, our guest here on Bears All Access. One segment to go. Paul Zeranger, engineer, and Jordan Tradeup, our producer, as we bring you Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. All right, a special thank you to Brian Witzman, Bears guard, for joining us tonight on Bears All Access. Ruth's Chris would like you to have this $100 gift card to enjoy at one of their Chicagoland area steakhouses. Ruth's Chris, this is how it's done, but he's got to inspect it first. Tom Thayer, for some reason, wants to make sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. I just uh, think about eating a big (laughs) steak from Ruth Chris then. You know, what movie was that? What movie was that? Oh, Nebraska. Was it Nebraska? You ever see the movie Nebraska? I have not. I mean, it's, you know, it's a... So uh, the movie Nebraska plays, and so everybody starts calling Tom, and I say, hey... You know, congratulations on your debut on the silver screen. And we're like, what? Is somebody trying to play a joke on us? I mean, it was, I called Tom, Tom, 
what are you hearing? Yeah, what is going on? So sure enough, we're in the movie Nebraska. But no one ever asked. We're not visually on, but they played one of our calls. But one of the funniest things of the whole deal is there's just a bunch of old guys sitting around watching a TV, but you don't see the television. And it's a, it's, it's a different kind of movie. There's no doubt about it. And all of a sudden, you hear Tom reading a Ruth's Chris commercial. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that, that was a real funny thing. So fast forward, uh, I just can't remember the actor's name now. You remember the old actor? Bruce act- Dern. Yeah, Bruce Dern. Bru- it's the, it's one of those. It's the I think it's the it thinks it's the Giants Patriots Super Bowl and I am covering the Super Bowl and I get a press release from Bruce Stern's company. Hey, you know he's going to be in New York. I'd like to yeah, I'd like to interview him. I would like to find out why he didn't. Add, where's the permission for Jeff and Tom to get in the even in the credits? You know, right. for the movie Nebraska. So we got shut out. I think that's kind of. But funny. he's a he's a local guy, right? But know? he never called me back. That's that's for sure. Bruce Stern. Yeah, they're, they're a lot of the actors are from the Chicago area. So anyway, a sidebar story of of uh, inconsequence. I I ate at Ruth Chris the, uh, two nights before we played in the Super Bowl, back in the, back then, and I ordered a steak for two for myself. Um, anyway, I had ordered porterhouse. Did you two. go by yourself? No, I I went with my college girlfriend, but I oh, ate the okay. whole steak. Nice. Well, hey. you'll enjoy it. Uh-huh. Regardless, we can guarantee that. Uh, remaining moments here with Brian Witzman, the Bears guard, as we take a look at the Bears and Vikings. You know, this defense uh, of, of the Bears is prominent, talking about it in, in very legendary terms about what it's doing. But there are some other really good defenses in this league, and you guys have faced a lot of really good fronts this year, even on teams that are not playoff caliber. And I think that's really gone under the radar a little bit. I mean, I'll bring up the Bills. I'll bring up the Jets. I'll bring up the Lions. I'll bring up the Giants. 49ers. Uh, the four, I mean, the, you, you guys have had your hands full this year, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, uh, in this league, there's a lot of uh, a lot of very talented D-linemen, and we face a lot of them. Um, it, I mean, you look at it as a uh, – you look forward to it as a good challenge that week. Uh, I mean, if, if you want to be the best, you gotta you got to play some of the best. So uh, it just gets us better every week. And this Vikings front is obviously one of those. Right. What, what do you respect right. and what, what – what resonates with you about that bunch? Um, I mean, they, they just don't have any uh, any weaknesses, really, in, in, on that defensive front. Uh, they, they've got uh, solid guys across the line, and they've stayed healthy. And um, Obviously, we, we had a good game plan last time, and uh, I, I know Nagy is going to have a, a great one again. Is it easy? I mean, how long did it take for you to get to know Cody's game and Bobby Massey's game? Because you know, and, and during practice, you're not going to go 100. percent But then all of a sudden, man, on Sundays, here it comes. Did it? Do you notice? Is there a difference about difference how you have to communicate with each? First of all, or are they this similar in their personalities? Um, I I mean, they're they're obviously the fits you have on your double teams and everything, and I mean, you can get some of that in practice. But I mean, it's not against. Uh, those those big D linemen that have pads on and uh, no, I mean just from a communication standpoint, the calls and everything, it it, it takes a few weeks to really uh, hone that in and uh, but I mean they're they're uh, great guys, great uh, great communicating and uh, they've helped me out a lot. How would you describe that room, your room? Um, I'd say uh, it's it's uh, kind of a quiet but. Uh, but very focused and very uh, uh, everybody knows the role and everybody knows uh, that that uh, that unit together is uh, something that can be special and uh, yeah I mean just every day you gotta go out there and work and I mean it's great to be a part of it because 
all those guys have a great energy and a great enthusiasm every day. Does Harry Heestan have – I mean, he's a pretty serious guy, and he's been here before, so we know Harry very well. But, you know, just going to the college game at Notre Dame and then coming back, I'm wondering how that – has worked for him, you know, in terms of how he's, his approach has changed from the first time he was here for the second time. But does he allow for uh, – you're going to bite my head off when I say this. Is there, is there a little bit of fun in there? Yeah, and if so, is there anything regular that you guys do as a unit in that room, or is it all business? I mean, there, I'd say there's a little bit of fun. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, um, he, he's going to coach coach the te- technique out of us and uh, or uh, just correct us on everything and – uh, I mean, he, he's a great coach that, that just knows what to say and knows uh, how to improve the players. Yeah, he can communicate well with his players. I, I think it's Harry's room. Yeah, you can have fun before the offensive line coach gets in there and then immediately following, that's when the camaraderie starts. But when I watch when I watch Harry practice, when I watch you guys on the sidelines of the game, you guys immediately get together, sit in your positions. Harry, Harry has the tablet, still pictures and other notes that it's all about coaching, football, improvement, corrections, and it seems that's the way Harry was before, that's the way he was at Notre Dame, and that's the way he is now at the Bears. But, again, you think of some of the changes that he's had to correct or make sure stuck to, you know, James Daniels coming in there, Cody before the start of the season adjusting his snap, and then you coming involved. That's a lot to put on a play while he's still coaching everybody else that's out there is getting you guys ready to play. Right. I mean, uh, he, he definitely knows what to say and uh... – Kind of, uh, I mean, he, he's he's been he's been an ad for a long time. So I mean, uh, when when he says something technique wise, you know, uh, uh, he's speaking from experience and from uh, the history he's had in, in offensive line play. So. Right. Uh, Brian Whitman, our guest here in remaining moments of Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy score. It's brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer with you. So Matt Nagy, I'm sure he's he's um, already started the messaging process. Uh, with you guys, but you got to go in there thinking about playoff intensity and also about winning that game. Because if you didn't, if you weren't particularly ready mentally to play a team like that, that's going to be ferociously trying to get to the playoffs, you can get yourself hurt at a minimum and embarrass at the worst. Correct? Yeah. I mean, uh, we know what their mindset is and we know what ours is going in, uh, just approaching it. Uh, I, I mean, we're we're in we're in playoff mode right now because I mean we we know that uh, obviously we we get another game after this but uh, uh, yeah I mean from here on out it's it's a uh, laser focus and uh, yeah I mean Minnesota is our opponent right this week and we're approaching it just like any other game this year yeah but it, exactly I'm glad you said that it is about the approach of any game this year because every game has been serious I think from the way we've looked at it from the outside in. In the way that you guys have prepared for it from the inside, from the inside in, and I, I, that's why I don't think any game is too big for the Bears. No, it is a play, it is a playoff caliber game this weekend. As much because it's a division game, even though there's something on the line for Minnesota and the Bears. But you know, when we start talking about next week's game or the net, the first playoff game. The same thing is going to be there. This football team has to get better from what they did last week. In Minnesota, how hard would it be to play them back to back? I mean, uh, I, I can't speak from a coaching staff perspective, but I mean, you have to develop a new game plan back to back, and I mean, that's tough scheming the same thing over and over. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's 
they're they're familiar with everything and uh yeah i mean it's I mean, you kind of did to, it with, you kind of did it with detroit yeah, in, in a sense a little bit in a sense yeah i mean know? with with any team it's it's tough to beat them uh back to back like that um uh but but yeah i mean uh we're we're just going to approach it just uh uh i mean we're not we're not uh having a different mindset for this game just because uh so and so scenario i mean we're we're going to approach it uh with a laser focus, just like every other week. You know, the little fun that you do have is the defensive personnel coming in the offensive huddle. Is that fun to prepare for, fun when you see their number being called? But is there kind of a little bit of pressure on you because you know it better succeed um, according to the practice plan? Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, it's it's something exciting. I, need, I mean, uh, you hear the fans kind of roar when right. you have those home games and they, they run on the field and uh, – it's more exciting than anything. I mean, you're not, you don't feel any pressure. It's, it's that it's making football fun, really. I mean, honestly, so. I would think because we all got a little kid in us when mm-hmm. you play this game, right? So you get, to, you, you get, you break the huddle with Akeem Hicks and Ray Roberts and Harris and whatnot. What everything you guys have done, is there a little bit of smirk at the line of scrimmage when the defense is trying to get themselves right to figure out what the heck is going on? A little bit. And has there been any conversation defensively in these games that that Matt has pulled these things? Uh no, you, there, there's not a lot of talking across <laughs> the ball on those plays. But I mean, it's it's fun. Uh, uh, I mean, the, the plays that we've had this year that that have worked like that. Uh, I mean, those just celebrating the touchdown with the defensive guys. I mean, it's <laughs> is it been new, the most but, fun you've ever had? Uh yeah. Uh, I mean, the, it, it's been a fun year. Uh, it's been a really fun year. Um, well, obviously we've had a lot of success, and uh, but beyond the success, uh. It's that uh, that really togetherness that we've had uh, uh, that, that's just formed throughout the season. Appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Know you're yeah. busy getting ready for the Minnesota Vikings. Brian Witzman, our guest here on Bears All Access. That's going to do it tonight. Thank you for listening, everybody. For Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Have a great night. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW Athletic physical therapy and Ford 